Wow. Hello, sir. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Were you expecting me to call you? Yeah, you're right on the dot. Yep. When you said you were ready, bitch, I took that seriously. (laughs) Well, you were like, you getting ready as if I was... Didn't miss the last time we were supposed to do it. I didn't miss the last time we were supposed to do it. We were supposed to do it yesterday. Oh, well, yes, but I didn't miss it, like, in that moment. (laughs) No, no, of course not. I was was just making sure. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot I had plans. You're right. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have checked in. (laughs) Thank you for apologizing. You are. <laughs> um, how are you? Oh, you know. So oh, great. Oh, not good, huh? <laughs> no, I'm okay. That I'm... bad, huh? <laughs> I'm doing better. The, the hormones hit me pretty hard last week. You know what, though? I'm PMSing right now, and I gotta say I'm kind of in a, in a weird spot. It fucks with your brain. But I don't go calling people crying about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I had therapy today, so <laughs> I called someone. We are young. Love is a softball field. Oh, which therapy? Are you still seeing the New York one, or are you just down to... I kind of just, like, haven't called her this year. Oh. I hope she doesn't listen to this account. Oh, God. You're ghosting your your one therapist because you like it's your not, other it's therapist It's not the better. first time I've done it. You're the kind of person. Oh, my <laughs> God. I know. That's why if I ever do have the situation where I get to break up with someone, I wonder <laughs> if I would ever ghost. I don't think that I would. I think that it, that would be really difficult for I mean, me. But... The pattern is pretty clear so oh, far. Oh, my God. Therapy I just wise. don't want to imply to someone that they're... That they're the, the thing that they've built their livelihood on is not working for me. That seems so offensive. Yeah. Doesn't I, had, it? I mean, doesn't that seem like really a hard thing to tell someone? I sort of ghosted a therapist once. Uh, oh, et tu, Brute? <laughs> Actually, I don't think I really ghosted her. I think I was just like, I can't afford this. But also, <laughs> you're not helping me. <laughs> it takes it takes a special lady. Not everyone can, can be a Corey. I had such a good therapy session on Friday because really? yes because I had a dream you know I do a lot of dream analysis and I swear to god if you say one more time that you have an active dream life I <laughs> going to lose my mind <laughs> No I'm not going to say that but because of my active dream life we do a lot of work <laughs> Um no so I had a dream about a memory a real memory and mm-hmm from my childhood and I've never dreamed of a real thing like like I've never quite had a dream like this but Mm. in my dream I was talking to someone um and then I was telling them about this thing that happened to me and the memory is of a time when I was really young like probably three years old or like a little under three and I fell in the pool and I started drowning um Oh my god. I know, it's really intense. And then um, my brother, there was like a fence separating the pool from the rest of the yard. It was pretty tall. It's like six feet tall. And my brother, who was like six or seven at the time, saw that I fell in and then he climbed on top of the play structure and then jumped over the fence, like the huge fence, and then jumped in the pool and saved me from drowning. 
Oh, wow. Which is really crazy. And so in my dream, I was drowning and I was on my back and I was like maybe three feet or so below the water and my hair was was all surrounding me and it was like floating and kind of making a circle and then above it was the surface of the water and it was all you know sparkly and wavy and then I could see the sun through it there was like a dot and I'm telling the story I'm narrating the story though so I'm like in my dream I know it's a memory and Mm. um and I'm describing it and all of a sudden all these details started coming back like like what the shrubs looked like and what the the like siding of the pool looked like like I just started remembering everything in really really vivid detail and then um and then I'm floating on my back and I'm I'm below the surface and then all of a sudden in my story like the the darkness starts enveloping it and the sun just becomes like a little pinpoint the sun gets really Mm -hmm. tiny and then the person who I'm talking to in the dream is like oh that's very symbolic like that's like light at the end of the tunnel like like that's when you're close to death blah 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 and then I just looked at them and I was like no I don't think that's true at all like I think it's just just the biochemistry that that tricks us into thinking that but really what I was just seeing was my hair surrounding me and the sun like none of that is true I wasn't close to death like no way no way dude it was just like all these physical things making me think that and then that was the end of my dream oh so you were like creating your own safety you were like no I was I'm okay yeah yeah so Mm. I talked about it with my therapist and she was like she was like this is psychologically stellar and she was like, mm. the imagery and the symbolism, like, what could describe more of what you've been going through over the last few months than, like, drowning? And you can see the sun through, like, multiple, multiple layers, and you're a few feet below the surface, and, and you're, you're drowning, but you're, but you're deciding, you know, you're in between whether or not you're going to sink or come up for breath. And, and then someone says you're sinking and you're like no I'm exactly. fine exactly and she yeah. was like she was like the fact that you're narrating this is so huge because it shows like we it shows that you have the objective part of your psyche now and you're not just you're not in the dream you're objectively outside of it taking note of everything that's happening and then um and you're not exactly what you said like you're not letting someone else take control of the narrative you're you're saying this is the reality, this is what's happening, and I was not drowning and I was not close to death. Wow. Okay, so how do you feel now? Well, I felt really, like, proud and powerful. I was proud of my psyche, and and I was feeling pretty good at that point when I had the dream. Like, I was starting to feel a little better, and I'd gotten my period, so I wasn't, I was no longer just, like, PMSing and crying everywhere I went all the time (laughs) right hormones are fucking crazy dude Mm. they I I had a I had a big big bout of them this month and I I that's why I don't trust women yeah I mean that's that's why I could never be president right um just not stable enough right I agree with that yeah um well I'm glad that you're you're having that for yourself I'm glad you're having that moment of empowerment yeah well, I feel like you're really you're really kicking therapy's ass. 
Yeah, that's the point of therapy. It's a game you're trying to win, right? Yeah, and you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been I've been feeling like I think the holidays were really the break I needed in a lot of ways, but I also think that for my personal um recovery, I guess, being in my own apartment and having a routine has been really helpful for me. Yeah. So I'm just like I have some stability and I have this life that I'm building for myself um, outside of Madison. And I, the other day, actually, I think I told you this, when I, I came home really late, I was so tired. I had been, um, I had been out at a show and then I went to a diner with my friends afterwards at like midnight. It was really nice. I got a milkshake at midnight. I was like, man, life is good. I'm just a kid. And then <laughs> I came home, and I was so tired, and my dog was there, and my apartment was so clean, and this was the second time that I've seen words float in front of me. I talked about them on the podcast a little bit ago, earlier this season, too, um, but the phrase kind of floated in front of me that was like, I like living alone. Like, that thought mm. that thought came outside of my brain and floated in front of me. And it was the first time I've ever thought that. Because I have always sort of had a fear of being alone. And I don't right. really like being alone that much. Um, and I just was like, man, now that I'm a little more used to it, this is really nice having my own space and coming home to it. And it's clean. It's the way I like it. And I, I just had fun with my friends. And I had an amazing night I was stimulated by art and music and then I saw my friends and, and now I'm here with my dog yeah and the milkshake great um is there should we be concerned about the floating words are they <laughs> and how then a little bird they? <laughs> a little bird landed on my shoulder what hello <laughs> oh okay. my god I later that night though it was so windy in LA like, like crazy crazy windy and then um, I heard something that sounded like someone trying to open my front door, and I freaked the fuck out and was like, I hate living alone. Yeah, you're going to get one of those every once in a while. Yeah. I don't get them in New York. I will, like, every three months, I'll wake up and be like, is someone at the window? And But mm. in Durham, like, every few months, I would be like, someone open the door. You know, you get you get right. a couple of those. Yeah. But mostly that's okay. Yeah. Mostly you're not going to be axe murdered. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. At this point, it's out of my control if I'm going to be asked. Totally. Murdered, At that so. point, it's like, come on in. Make it quick. <laughs> Did you watch the Oscars last night? No. Oh, there was a really funny... The winner, Parasite, took all all the... got so many wins. That's what I heard. The director had a translator with him, and when he won Best Director, he, he said something, and then the translator's like, he says he wishes he could take a Texas chainsaw and cut up this award and give it to all the nominees. <laughs> a Texas chainsaw. He just really loves the movies. <laughs> oh, I love that. Man. Um, how was your Oscar party? Um, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I went to Ren's parents' house and they have had this Oscar party for like 20 plus years. And I was the first person to ever be allowed to be added to it in, like, a decade. Oh. <laughs> so I felt okay. very special. And I mm-hmm. felt like I had to, you know, kind of earn my place. Yeah. Did you feel um, stressed about that? That would be anxiety-provoking for me. Well, 
I really, really made a name for myself because, unbeknownst to me... You were crying in the corner. Well, I was in the corner until Eminem made a surprise appearance doing Lose Yourself. Uh, If there could be anything to set you up better for (laughs) popularity, I don't know what it is. like, I physically cannot contain myself, so let's just hope this is a win. So I just started rapping. (laughs) Irish scenario, payoff is huge. (laughs) Ren jumped in, and all the, like, sweet old people were like, wow, that was amazing. And afterwards, they were like, your performance was amazing. (laughs) And they gave us a standing (laughs) O. Like, wow, you knew all the words. Ren was like, Maddie loves Eminem. And they are like, wow. (laughs) So, um. Uh, You're a little freak. I... (laughs) You should point your friends to that episode. Do you want to say what happened? Yeah, I. someone was talking about how they, like, track goals and stuff, and they're like, yeah, so I'm going to start tracking some data for my life. And I, and I was like, oof, what a weird way to think about that. And then I said, you're a little freak. And then he was like, everyone at the table just went, uh. uh. And I was like, uh, it's a it's a kind thing in, in my world. It's a, it's a cute little thing where, where two friends just love each other for that. I just love... The image of you bombing so hard. <laughs> some, of, some people can't handle it, but I am just uh, being like, the time Maddie said it, it was hilarious. And then I tried it and no one laughed. <laughs> you should point them to our podcast episode. Where are like, these new I friends? Like, Let me try this not? again. Uh, I want to take a Texas chainsaw to you. <laughs> Bud, do you want to talk about getting asked out via email? Hmm. Let's see. I uh, I was just talking about this with Julie this morning, and I feel like all of a sudden there's a lot of romantic prospects coming my way, you know? Whoa. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just That's feel like... That's how it... When it rains, it pours, as they right. say. I just feel like... I'm still... Uh, I'm still in a drought. I mean, to be clear, nothing has come... Nothing has, like, come to fruition or anything like that, but I, I feel like... There's there's some contact, there's yeah. some invitation, there's some initiative. We have made contact. We've made contact with women. Um, and I'm a little bit like, all right, whatever. Like, it's a very standoffish situation. And You're Jody Julie Foster. was like, what you do you think contact. it is? What do you think it is that, sorry, do you want to say that joke again so that everyone heard it? You're like Jodie Foster. <laughs> I wish we hadn't paused for that. I just um, spe- I just spent such a long time trying to think of her name. That's why it came in the <laughs> middle of your sentence. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've got that kind of like whatever attitude, which looks like confidence, and it's when people start trying to get you to go out with them, and you're just like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. Um, I mean, you're very clearly in your prime. You've got the haircut. You've got the lifestyle. No, I need to got- get a trim. Oh. I've got the glasses. you got the glasses. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I I hope I'm not quite in my prime. I, I, there are some things that I would adjust, but I I feel pretty good. I feel I feel pretty good. My we, time in California was very uh, much needed. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. trip, and I, it was it was really nice to spend time outside. And I good. so I've been. This is gonna fuck you up. So I was <laughs> I was talking. I was <laughs> in therapy. I was in therapy and. I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do about this lingering anxiety that I have, just like a weird lingering whatever. And my therapist was like, 
Oh, uh, I have a theory, which is that, you know, you've had a lot of ups and downs in your life. You had some things happen, Mm -hmm. and you're so used. I'm anticipating. Yeah, exactly. I'm anticipating the piece of whatever's happening in my life being ripped out away from me. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so you're just anxiously waiting for the shoe to drop, basically. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so sad. Um, So (laughs) I thought about that a lot. And I took a lot of walks when I was in California because it was so beautiful. And I just haven't seen the sun in so long. Mm -hmm. And I was just walking and walking. I would walk for a couple miles out and a couple miles back in California. And um, I was like, normally I think when I go home, I think to myself, okay, well, this is a step back. You had to go home. You had to go to your childhood home. And I always think of it as like a a bit of a failure. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll double down and invest on my life in New York when I get back. But this time, my parents weren't home, so that kind of made it easier. But I I was working on my book the whole time that I was home. Yeah. I was was on it every day. You're so Um, disciplined. It's so impressive. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I guess the last couple of weeks, few weeks have been really good. And um, thank you, by the way. Thanks for saying that. And um, You're I, I was walking and I was like, oh, no, actually, this is like, this is your life is, is that you, your work, uh, the way that my therapist described it was like, now I'm a turtle who carries its shell, you know? So it's like, Aww. so it was like, okay, like you're home, but you're working and you're doing the thing that you would be doing anyway. So it's not a setback. It's like, you're still working on this goal. And so I was kind of trying to sit in that, like, oh, this is what my life actually looks like full time. This is what it looks like right now. This is not, there's no. Do you Skype your therapist? I just call yeah, face, her? I FaceTime her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, it was kind of a, uh, a, a very meditative thing where I was like, oh no, this is it. This is life. And this is, mm-hmm. this is what this can look like. And this is, you can spend as many months as you want out of the year in California. If you want, if you want to spend two months, yeah. you can. Well, I think that, um, that is nice that your family wasn't home because you're in the environment that's really mm-hmm. nostalgic and, and whatever, all that. But yeah. you also don't have the baggage of the dynamics. Right. And so I was kind of like running my own house and, and I just got to, it was nice to have a little bit more space for a little time. And um, yeah, so, and then I, I ran into some people from childhood, which is funny. Um, one was, <laughs> I live, I live like three houses down from where I went to nursery school. <laughs> even though I was not living in that house when I went to nursery school, but I have since moved closer and <laughs> I was just walking by, walking by and the door was open and I passed by someone and we're about like 10 feet past each other. And she just goes, are you a crab and Schmidt? Woo! And I was like, yes. Hi cookie. And it was my preschool teacher. Your preschool um, teacher's but- name was cookie. That was not her real name, but it was like what we that, called her. That's very preschool. Um, Grow up, and, <laughs> and we, she was like, "Oh my god!" And she and she's like, "Which one are you?" And I was like, "I'm Manny." And she, we gave a big hug, and she was like, "We're open. Come in and say hi." So like, she oh made me come god. in and say hi to all my old preschool teachers, and and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, I, you know, I'm writing a book. Like, I don't know." And they're just like, wow, cool. So it was really <laughs> funny to, and I've lived, I've lived there for 10, for 15 years and, or my parents have, I guess. And I have, when I'm home, I walk by this pathway like twice a day because I, the grocery store is right beyond it. So 
I am there all the time. I have passed by my preschool so, so many times. And this is the first time that I've ever made contact with anyone contact. affiliated with the preschool. Jodie Foster. Con- yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Um, you were ready this time. I was ready. <laughs> um, but it's the first time that I've, that I've like, re-entered that world, which I think is really weird because yeah. I've had so many years of, of passing by. That's um, the type of shit that makes me feel like we're living in the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Or, like, some kind of simulation. Like, the creators are just like, let's throw this childhood memory at her yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> on this walk. Right. Like, yeah, and then I ran into... An obstacle. <laughs> Preschool. I ran into a, uh, a Branson classmate's mom, and the classmate and I were really close for a little bit, but then kind of had a falling out that was definitely my fault. And... Um, and she was just, like, so nice to me Quickly and so proud of me. childhood Annie. Yeah. Um, forthcoming in a book near you. And, <laughs> and she was, we were talking about the book, and she was so excited. She's like, I'm so proud of you. And then I was like, you know, you know, I, I wasn't my best in high school. You know that. And she was like, yeah, no one was. Like, Aww. it's okay. And so it was, it was almost... I don't know, another one of those things where you're like, oh, I'm just kind of recovering and... Yeah, you're, like, and doing your Letting AA, things go. AA, like, apology circuit or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not to make light of that, but it kind of does feel like that. No, or I like, mean, it really is, though, like, a I know. process that is beneficial. You don't have yeah, to well, actually... Yeah, well, and I've been talking to you a little bit about some of the stuff that's in my last essay that I'm working on. It's a little heavy. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't talked about it in... Ever. I've never talked about it. And, mm-hmm. um... It's like, oh, I'm I'm gonna talk about it, and I knew that you know if I told you about it, you'd be like, no, it's a, it's I've, like you're forgiven, it's you're fine. Yeah. Um. So it's one of those things where you're kind of just kind of like letting, letting all that go and being ready to um, kind of not be baggaged by yeah. that. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up, and we don't have to actually go into like the content of it, but I did just want to. Well, say... I just I need to make sure that people buy the book. <laughs> yeah, we need a cl- good cliffhanger here. Yeah. <laughs> But you were having an emotional day, and you were telling me that you were working on a difficult essay, and you were just like, I'm not proud of, I did things I'm not proud of, and, cause, and the topic of the essay is loneliness, and, yeah. I, and um, you were super brave, and you talked to me about it, and I mean, just from my perspective, I'm just like, buddy you have nothing to be ashamed like all i see when i hear this story is my heart breaking I, i'm gonna for a i'm just kid. gonna i'll give i'll give enough information so basically when i was early on in high school i kind of had some self-harm tendencies and i was particularly ashamed about them because um a lot of the narrative around self-harm is about like an internal need to feel something in particular mm-hmm. um or like a control mechanism, and I was really, really ashamed of it because, or not, yeah, then and now, but like super ashamed of it because I did it <sighs> explicitly uh, for attention. Yeah, if that and, and makes but, sense. But I think the shame comes from our society shaming girls for being like, oh my god, like, you just want attention. Right, right. Which is so misogynistic and, you know, all that, but, but again, like, I truly, my heart breaks, and I'm like, 
you wanted attention, like you wanted to be seen. And that's not, I mean, like that is not shameful. And it's actually really intelligent. I mean, it's, it's fucked up that that's how, (laughs) (laughs) that that, that's how your brain, you know, worked it out. I mean, Mm -hmm. it fucked up for you and your, and your sake, but. I don't think that you're, I don't think that you're making it sound any better. (laughs) I mean. You really got in a hole of, of saying it's fucked <laughs> Everyone's up. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, can you believe what Maddie said to Andy?" <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, my. But I'm not editing that part out. So my, like, find a way, find a way back to what you're trying to say. <laughs> I said it so much more. Uh, yeah, you did great. You did. Great. I said it you texted really me, and you were like, "You're super intelligent." And- you're trying to find a safe way to, to exactly. ask for attention. I was yeah. like, that's a really complex, intelligent thing that your subconscious did, and it's really sad that it had to do that. But um, it was just trying to find a way to give to give you what you needed at that time. Yeah. So, yeah. No, and I so and the essay is about It was um, fucked up, okay? It was really <laughs> fucked up and I'm fucked up. <laughs> but the thing is by by kind of laughing about it this way. Or not really. And not everyone has to laugh about what they're going through. But, like, now I'm like, oh, you know what? It wasn't that fucked up. It was clearly whatever was happening in my life felt extreme enough that my response had to be something extreme. And yeah. And the other thing is that talking about it takes away some of its power. Yeah. I mean, and it's already easier for you now talking about it to me a second time. Yeah. This is the second time you've ever talked about it. I don't know if you shared the essay with anyone else, but... No, I haven't shared it yet. So, yeah, this is literally your second time talking about it, and already... And I decided to go big. (laughs) (laughs) Broadcast it to the world! Actual reality. Act up. Um, That's a rent moment for you. Uh, Did you know that you did that? What? Did you know that you quoted rent when you did that? No. Are you saying runt? Rent, the the play. Okay, how come you pronounce rent like runt? I'm fucked up. I don't nice. know. I'm not, I sometimes, sometimes my mouth gets lazy oh. and it's tired of keeping up with my big, big brain. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically I feel like, so the essay I'm working on, it's definitely the hardest, but I think potentially the most fulfilling essay of the book. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very fun and beautiful. I, I'm trying to, I've been trying to describe this to people and it's, I'm not sure how to to talk about it exactly but I feel so strongly that growing up as a writer for me has been so um intertwined with growing up as a human and I don't know how to even disentangle the two like for for instance just the fact that I'm my last essay is the one where I'm bringing up the most difficult experiences yeah um or that I'm like you know it's a literal metaphor for being ready to to (laughs) move past that whatever that is totally um well i think everything each, was a warm-up to get there right you got, and it totally you really it totally was better. you exercise the muscle of like being honest and starting to expose these things and dig deep and then mm-hmm. when you finally went home and did that last little stretch and started planning the last bits of essays you really were like okay i'm <laughs> warmed up and ready now to run and it is it's definitely <laughs> what it um what I always wanted to write as an essay in terms of craft. Like, I don't know that I'm, mm-hmm. I've am i figured it out fully, but I feel like I've always tried to set out to write this kind of essay, and mm-hmm. I've always kind of been a little bit short and been like, okay, it's pretty good, but, like, it's not 
it's not this like a level thing that I've had my eye on for so long mm-hmm. and I've kind of accepted that and accepted that I can't quite I couldn't get there quite yet mm-hmm. and then I feel like working on this piece I'm like oh this is the a level essay that I've that I've wanted to do for yeah. you know two years I've been trying to write an essay like this well, if that's not um, an advertisement for this book, I don't know what is. Yeah, I don't know what is. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, basically, the essay is about loneliness, and I've shared the story about how I started tearing up when I went to this burlesque show, um, and I did a, a an oral storytelling event where that is just kind of talking about my time in New York. Um, in the written version, it, I tell that first anecdote about arriving in New York and thinking that I'm an introvert and spending all my time alone and then tearing up when someone kind of makes eye contact with me. So then the format, I don't know that it's like a smart marketing move that I'm just kind of spilling out what this essay is going to look like. Um, but for loyal listeners, you should deserve, you deserve this. Um, and then I kind of go into, so it's option A is like, okay, was I actually an introvert forced to be an extrovert the way that Julie told me I was? The way that she was like, you know, you can relieve yourself of having to be an extrovert. Mm-hmm. you're an introvert and I was like okay so I kind of go through a little bit of like what would it look like for me to be an introvert forced to be an extrovert that includes social niceties going to parties you know the social obligation to talk a lot things like that mm-hmm. um option b is that I was actually an extrovert and I was forced to be an introvert so the fact uh, and that part kind of starts getting into this this complicated thing where Maybe I actually did want to talk a lot and I really did want to connect with people, but it was so hard for me to do that because I, I was, I felt so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe simply because of my sexuality or whatever, like my values are so different and I kept to myself a lot, but maybe that's because I was actually like somehow trained to hide certain things. Yeah. Um, especially like I've always, I've just kind of been like an old person forever and I, I didn't <laughs> get along very well with my peers. Um, especially at Duke and stuff like that. So that's option B is that I was forced to to kind of silence myself. And that's different than being an, an introvert forced to be an extrovert. And then, of course, at the end of that section, it's like, okay, well, if that's what we're talking about, then what we're actually talking about is neither introversion or extroversion. We're talking about, like, we're talking about self-erasure, basically. Mm-hmm. So so the, the last and longest part of the essay is I just kind of exploring, um, like, culturally. There's a, there was a, that essay we've talked about before, in the Highline, I think either Huffington Post's long form um, magazine, and it's about queer loneliness and, and like the. Mm. Remember, we've talked a lot about yeah. um, small trauma, like tr- small traumas versus big traumas. Yeah. Like small repeated patterns of trauma versus right. big acute traumas. And um, so that's kind of a, a huge part of the start of that section. And then it kind of goes into how I've swung back and forth between being really like isolating myself and like reaching out so that the self-harm moments are kind of like in the crux of that which is that I was clearly alone and clearly fancied myself you know independent um and I'm sure that helped me survive in some scenarios to be that way Mm -hmm. um or I received praise for being independent and then all of a sudden there are these these moments where I'm like someone I just can someone ask me if I'm okay and someone ask me Like, can someone tell that I'm hurting and that I, I need some sort of physical man- manifestation of pain because mm-hmm. something's wrong and show. I don't know what it is. And I don't totally. know. And I this is really bad, but, like, I've had not, like, real fantasies, but I'm always like, I wish that I would get hurt. Or I wish that something would happen to me so that, like, I can get the nurturing and care that I yeah. need without um, having, like, a, a, a blank answer of, like, what's wrong. I have no idea. Like, I, what it was is obviously, like, I have depression or I'm... Yeah going well, through something even, else even then 
I mean, like, you had a horrible broken leg, and I think that oh, psychologically it was really hard on you, and you felt, you know, like you weren't getting like the nurture a burden. Even then. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, um, yeah, yeah. It's true. People were really wonderful, but but it was also hard to explain it to people. Um, mm. And my mom just hurt her hurt her knee, and and she's like, "Man, you must have been in a lot of pain." I was like, "Yes." <laughs> um. So anyway, the 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 idea that I'm kind of swinging back and forth between neat and wanting isolation and think feeling protected in isolation because the social world is very threatening at times, and then needing all of a sudden like this very extreme form of like someone needs to help me and then being as soon as (laughs) it's not funny but but (laughs) as soon as I got to school someone's like what happened and I was like oh shit like I didn't even like I didn't yeah what am I gonna tell people (laughs) like what what was I thinking um (laughs) I guess it was almost like a I was so convinced that people wouldn't care that I that I didn't plan on that Mm -hmm. so came up with a really lousy backstory but but (laughs) Anyway, super lame, lame, fucked up, (laughs) lazy, lazy role play. (laughs) And, um, and I was like, oh, I don't have an, fuck, I don't have an answer. I didn't, as soon as I figured it, I was like, oh no, no, too much. I don't want to talk to you about, I don't want to talk about it. So, and then all of a sudden I'm swinging back into being isolated and not needing people and and all that jazz so it's kind of like this idea that you're swinging back and forth and then now I I haven't had any impulses like that in like you know 10 years probably eight years nine years and if I'm hurting I'll I'll text them I'll call you and I'll be like ah you know and I've done that a lot so it's just so different I I I don't yeah it's so I'm so different than I was in high school in such a concrete and fundamental way um but it's been a really fun, devastating... Well, thank God. I think it'd be terrible <laughs> if we were all the same. <laughs> yeah, all for all of us. Um, yeah, so so it's a, I'm hoping that it turns out to be to be the essay that I want it to be, but you never know. Um, how do you feel about the idea of people reading it or about hearing Ooh. this podcast even? Like, how, where yeah. are Yeah, I mean, I guess there's kind of a... So maybe one of the reasons you keep that kind of thing private is you're like, if people know that, they're going to think that I'm like that forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're going to think that I will always have that impulse mm-hmm. or something like that. Or they're, mm-hmm. or like the fact that I was so ashamed of it because I was like, this is an attention move. That What a weird thing to do. What a fucked up thing to do for attention, yeah. um, as you so eloquently put it. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just letting you sit in that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I feel... I deserve it. It's fine. (laughs) I feel, I feel a little scared, but also so confident that it's not part of my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, like I've learned a lot how not to act out and how not to... I've learned to sit in myself a lot more. I think I get a little nervous in groups. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so I just, but I've been learning how to like kind of sit quietly and wait for my time and, and all that. So, um, yeah. And I have some wonderful friends that, that I think are so sympathetic and so kind that I, I don't know. I've, I've have connections with people now that are much stronger than I, than I would have when I was a kid. And, mm-hmm. um, I feel a little nervous about it. 
but there's so again there's so much power in writing i mean so so towards the end because i can't resist being a little cynical is like look what i've done i've written this entire book like you said you know the marshall mathers mathers thing where you're like i said everything that there is to say like what what are you gonna say to me now did you say Um, the marshall mathers thing oh yeah didn't you oh yeah yeah where you're well, like, no, I said I said everything that you could throw at me. And so I, I'm kind yeah. of like, look, I've laid out everything, so I've kind of protected myself yeah. against vulnerability. I because you've got to say right, against me. Right. I am white. I am a fucking punk. We can't, we can't do two episodes <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm so, just, so I'm I still on a high from my performance last night. My, <laughs> my the, Oscar the, performance. Your uh, 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 ovation earning performance. Yeah. So I feel I feel a little nervous, and people will hate is gonna say what they're gonna say, and um, I mean obviously of course of course the the thing that scares me most is what do you think it is? Um, not getting a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no! I'll change my name if I have to. <laughs> what what scares you most? My, my, the thing that I'm most scared of is, is my parents reading the book. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. What? That's what What's I, it? when, I, when I asked, I was oh, particularly like, thinking. what does the girlfriend have to do with anything? <laughs> um, yeah, so, so the, the, the parents thing is hard, and it's hard not to make it sound like they're responsible. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to hear a story about someone who's, who's hurting enough to, act out in that certain way and not wonder what's happening but I maintain that like they probably raised me just as well as I would have raised any kid and um I mean it's not I mean who expected their kid no one expects their kid to be gay um yeah no one (laughs) never (laughs) but that's probably not true but I do think that like I have a better vocabulary now and I think some friends that I have will have better vocabularies now to like make it a little easier to come out i don't know i mean yeah they did everything they could do you feel like you blame them like that's a loaded question i don't want to answer it okay um i don't know i don't think i do i just think that our values are really different um and that's no one's fault like yeah i i don't know you don't have to answer it no, it's okay. Like, how do you, how do you, I mean, it's just, it's kind it, of... I just think that you maybe wrote it in a way you're worried, you're worried they'll think that because maybe that's <laughs> sort of, <laughs> and that's what the story is. No, no, I don't know. I, the hard thing. Okay. This is what I'll say. I'm sucking on some dark chocolates. Why it sounds like this, but <laughs> I, I think that one of the th- what so I also have applied to a, um, a prize for this book mm-hmm. and I had to write like a 10 page proposal of what the book looks like mm-hmm. and writing that got me really excited I was like oh That's this is an important saying. book like I think that this is an important book and even if it doesn't win the prize I still think that it's important and the reason why you know even setting out to write it or, or where it came from is really the fact that you and I come from an environment that is so loving and so like full of opportunity and so full of possibility 
so full of wisdom, so full of knowledge, so full of curiosity. And it was still the hardest thing in the world for me to come out of the closet. Yeah. And so the point of the book is not, it's not about a villainous world that, that victimized me. Right. It's nothing like that. I mean, there are so many stories like that that are so heartbreaking and so worthy of of our time and attention. Mm-hmm. And maybe that makes mine a little less worthy of our time and attention, but but the point is that it was a it was a, a utopia and yeah. there's still something wrong and right. it's in language and it's in subtleties and it's in Yeah. um some of the hidden implications. It is so much less to do with a vitriolic yeah. sort of environment and so much more to do with just the lack of awareness or the lack of the lack of investigation or possibility. That's really insightful, so, bud. That's so really I, intelligent. I get that there's a little uh, thank you. I get that there's a little like um a little bit of like this world was hard for me and this world belongs to my parents, but I don't I'm not trying to make it that way. I'm trying to say yeah. That, that we can all be really guilty of these things. We've all... I mean, I've said... Right. I've used gay as a slur... Like, when I was a kid, obviously, not now. I've I've made jokes about lesbians. I've done all that, and I didn't think about what that would mean. Or I've I've talked about yeah. body sizes in a way that's really shameful, and I, and I have been complicit in all of these things that I am talking about just as right. much as, any, as my parents well, or anyone has. We're all part of a system, and it's so right. easy... Like, it's clear how easy it is to maintain yeah. a system. And, yeah. And this has totally been on my mind, like, the parent question. I had to write, I wrote it, I mean, it may not end up in the book, but I wrote, it like, a one-page disclaimer that's, like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, they, they deserve so little of the scrutiny that I'm <laughs> that I'm throwing their way, but it is well, so I actually, important. I actually like the whole point you just made in the last, like, five minutes. Like, I feel like that could be a really good prologue about like this is this is about how about language and about I don't know. Yeah. Um so hopefully if I've pulled off the project that's what comes across. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll all well I'm sure we'll be talking about this draft for, you know, the next year of my life. Um but I yeah, I don't if anyone's to blame, we're all to blame. Like if it's not a one person yeah. deal, it's not a it's not a captor and and I was yeah. like a, a being kidnapped. It was it's like we're all and honestly the whole thing is obviously a critique against capitalism if anything. So <laughs> so that's what the real enemy is. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's hard. There's there's the fact that that's how I feel about it, and then there's there's how people interpret things, and that's I think my biggest fear. Uh-huh. I mean, who who wants to be called out? No one. No. It's just hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I think also, obviously, it's cha- it's not about being called out. I think it's about the love that they have for you. And Yeah, and obviously, the part about anything where it involves, like, me being an extreme amount of pain, that's also just pain for them. It's not even right. about... Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, well, Sorry, so... that was my that was my rant on, on uh, literature. No, sorry. Okay. Sorry, no. Sorry, Ben. Motherfucker. Sorry, sorry Ben. Um, um, do yeah. you know that Summer Heights High is no longer on HBO? Well, that is sad. I don't know how to watch it now. 
I was ready for I know, a and it was such a um important cultural <laughs> item. Yeah. Ah. Personally and culturally. It would be hard to sell sell that show <laughs> in twenty twenty, I think. How did he do it? I don't know. I don't know. I think he could still sell that show in twenty twenty. I don't know. It'd be hard. It's not great when men play women. Yeah, it is. It's so, it's so draggy. Is it? Well, I don't, I'm not in a position to argue about this, and I, yeah. I think I would say the wrong thing. Mm. Anyway, and that's what we do. Instead of saying anything, we do not. <laughs> well, this has been a lull. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a trip coming up. Oh, yeah. Special Valentine's Day cruise around the river of love. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, but I there's that commercial that's been on recently and it's called like Secret Island is the is the desk is like the resort. It's like mm. Secret Island Resort. Okay. And I'm like, I just wanna know who who's booking that? Who's planning on having a salacious escapade. I don't know. I just feel like it's a little on the nose. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, no amount of preparation can can prepare you if you work in food service for the amount of people who think it's okay to propose to their girlfriend at Olive Garden on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. so crazy to be working that night. <laughs> Yeah, man. Ugh, I love Valentine's Day so much. It's my favorite holiday. That's so cute. I can't believe it's my you're spending it with me. It's my favorite holiday. I don't know why it's always been a great holiday in my family. Um, and I you just... love love. I, yeah, and the, and the couple times that I did have someone in my life, it was so nice. It was so wonderful. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that I have only had it twice. I do think that I deserve more. Um <laughs> But it'll be wonderful. I'm so glad. As much as I'm going out to to um, <laughs> to to uh, assist on your end, <laughs> I am obviously for for self interested reasons so excited. Oh, buddy! Are you nervous about it? What about your first Valentine's Day without Madison? Um, honestly, no, because you're coming. Okay, like, great. Well, then actually, my job is done. Yeah, shaking you've, my... <laughs> you've already done your job, which is... Great. Just, I love that you decided, like, right when I got dumped that you were going to come be with me on Valentine's Day, and you followed through, and, like, I've just been looking forward to it, and I had, like, a few moments where I'm like, oh, what was I doing last year on Valentine's Day, but then I'm just like, nope, nope. I'm not going there. No. Let's make a, let's make, we could make homemade pasta. We could do a, mm-hmm. a ravioli and, and. That's exactly what I want. I'm going to, can we make it in the shape of hearts? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go see if I can find a heart-shaped ravioli stamp. Okay, great. That's tomorrow's assignment. Okay. I, don't you love when your Valentine gives you homework? <laughs> <laughs> yep. My favorite thing. <laughs> Why am I single? <laughs> um. You know what? I don't want to say this. I don't want to pull this card. I've been holding it, but but you're not really allowed to ask the why am I a single question until it's been at least six years. <laughs> okay. 
Just okay. so you know. That's yeah. Fair. I accept. <laughs> It'll still be my thing, even even okay. if as the years pass for you, it's still okay. You'll my still edge over you. Longer. <laughs> um, I I fear the day when I have a partner and you don't. Yeah, that's gonna be. If that ever happens, which it's I don't think it will, me, someone's gonna scoop you up. Will slice like me? Slice, I knew you. Oh man. Um, what was I just gonna say? Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I gonna say? I don't know, buddy. Valentine's Day? Yeah. You're excited. We're looking forward to it. Uh, I forget. I went. Oh man. Just about to speak. This is what happens when we podcast in the morning. Oh, sorry. I was. It's two nineteen for me, so I I didn't quite. I wasn't there with you. We'll slice like um, you. I went out this weekend. Did you go out this weekend? I I got no, drunk. I didn't. Okay. Oh yeah. I got I got real drunk. And you. Oh my god. Your drunk texts were hilarious. I hate to hear that. <laughs> I mean, just like lots of typos. Oh yeah. No, that's true. Um, I was out. Every time I every time a friend has a birthday, I'm like I go hard for it. I really only drink. <laughs> Once every couple months, and when I do, it's it's not pretty. I drink all the time now. I go out all the time. Oh damn! Yeah, I'm a social butterfly. Um, does that does that strike you as interesting? Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fratty Maddie. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna say is that that maybe it's good. Maybe you have a chance to to kind of like be a 20 year old and go out and yeah do stupid stuff and oh i know what i was gonna say <laughs> i was what? just gonna say that the thing that i that i lost my train of thought on was just yeah. that um the only thing about valentine's day that's like makes me want to barf like physically makes me ill is just when oh. i remember that yeah. she's celebrating it with Rosie and that just nauseates me and makes me want to tear my hair out and it's just like oh my fucking god I cannot believe you are just like romancing someone else like that is so fucked up and sick yeah that's hard <sighs> but they probably are gonna have like a an, an anti-fun valentine's day yeah I mean I'm like they have not to be that with each other and they're both the two right. most miserable people on the planet so. exactly like I'm not uh I'm I know I'm not the perfect substitute and I it's going to be hard because <laughs> no, I don't live in LA. No, you are the perfect substitute. I don't live in LA so I won't oh. I don't have all my resources at my disposal. Yeah. Um but I normally I'm just like let's go Valentine's Day. Yeah. What else what other tacky shit can I throw at you? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man. Yeah, I'm I went. I made a. Not to think about them. Once I made a a, a box and it was all red stuff, in the <laughs> box, and then I made like a heart garland with with pictures of me and my ex, <laughs> and I, I drew little little mustaches on them and, and little glasses. Uh, she she thought that was stupid. Oh wait, this is while you were dating. Yeah. Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? She, so thought, she thought she thought the, the mustaches were a little mush. And I was like, no, that's the Re- best part. Remember all the pictures I sent of you with mustaches and frowns yeah. upside down? <laughs> that was weird. That was that a good was time. Weird. A weird um, Yeah, but also, let's not forget that you and I spent a Valentine's Day together. And mm-hmm. 
that was that was 10 years ago now so watching valentine's day right that was with with taylor lautner and (laughs) And that was that was before you ever dated anyone that's true except charles but but yeah can't forget charles i have been a long-standing valentine charles gave me the dvd knocked up on valentine's day so that he could make the joke that he got his girlfriend knocked up on valentine's day damn it that is pretty good (laughs) hate to hear that but it's not bad yeah it was funny but then i was like please can we not have sex (laughs) i'm begging you um yeah so anyway i'm just gonna say i've been a, a bit of valentine for a long time going 10 years yeah, minus a few, you. minus a few in the middle. I cannot believe your sister. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. I don't think you've said that on here. Have I? Okay. Um, about three weeks ago, <laughs> and she recognized she recognized that your need was much greater than mine. Uh huh. So she was like, she wow. wanted me to be home for Valentine's Day. And wow, then, that is really tight of her. Thanks, Catherine. Yeah. No, she's 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 been asking after you. Um, uh-huh. She My said, life is so terrible, it's softened Catherine's heart. <laughs> I'm in such bad shape that she's got some empathy for me. Have you seen Spy? Uh, yes, I've seen Spy. Are you kidding in, me? In my village, there was this woman. She lost everything. She would just stand there juggling and crying in the mud. You remind me of her. Um, uh, that, that makes me laugh. My sister kind of reminds me of Rose Byrne a little bit. So yeah, it's, totally. It's a good 100%. time. Um, so, anyway, she goes, and it's, you can tell that's heavy. And she's like, wow, I just realized that this is the first time I won't have a Valentine in 15 years. <laughs> 15 years, because she's almost 30, and she had her first boyfriend at 15. And I want to tell, I want to let you know something, all right? No, this is not a tragedy where her partner of 15 years left her. No, no, no. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. Seven people later. And then, two weeks like ago. You just counted those all out. Two weeks ago, she flies to Austria to meet up with someone that she went to law school with, and now they're dating. So God she didn't make it. Damn it, Catherine. She How? didn't make it to Valentine's Day. She did it. So she's she, never her streak not continues. Had, she's, she's never, never not had someone for fifteen years. Yeah, since she became like a you know, like an a, a someone Yeah, someone who's like a dating person. So yeah, she's never not had someone on Valentine's Day. Oh my god. Honestly though. Can you like, believe it? How how did she do it? She just went to she took a gamble. She went to Austria, came back with a boyfriend. Like how? I mean, they they had been talking a lot, so I think that like it, it was, was a little premeditated. But but how did she do it? I still I don't know. I don't know. Is she a witch? Burn her. I don't. I really don't know, and I wish that I did. <laughs> I wish that I had a little bit of the magic. Uh, because as soon as I got in a relationship, I was like, damn, I was meant to be a girlfriend. Like, yeah. I'm so good at this. <laughs> and it's, it was always a shame. It felt like a, a real sick thing for me that, that I would be so good at something that would be so hard for me to hold on to. <laughs> and <laughs> and here cool. we are. 
so now I'm gonna I'm gonna channel all of my relationship energy to you, which is I what liked, I do when I see you anyway. Yeah, is like I, I shower you with day. gifts. <laughs> I liked the other day when you were like, all your fake girlfriends are so much better than your real girlfriend ever was. So true. It's true. I stand by it. Yeah. Um, but I my favorite part about seeing you is that I get to just like pour <laughs> all of my my relationship energy into you. Yeah, and that's my favorite part too. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, like I can get up and get someone coffee before they get out of bed. Like, yes, best day of my life. Oh my god, I get to make dinner for someone. Oh hell yeah, best day ever. I cannot fucking wait. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God you're coming. I don't know what I would do right now. Well, I'm I planned so ahead. Excited. This is what I Buddy, planned on. Three days. Two sleeps. Two sleeps. Except oh I can't say god. that phrase without thinking of the time. <laughs> That you texted me and you were like, one more sleep until we see see our, our loves, which was maybe strong, but, yeah. and then I got dumped. <laughs> yeah, my day. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Those were That's good hilarious. times. Oh my God. Well, I got what was coming for me, so... And, and truly, no one saw that coming. So, yeah, maybe maybe it is karma. You should have said it. Yeah. Now look at what you've done. Yeah, I did it to myself. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't get <sighs> it all. Man, I hope she's having a terrible day. Me too. Me too, girl. <laughs> girl, me too. I do think that it's nice to hear about you going out so much and having all these people in your life, because I think... You are someone whose world is really expansive, and I feel like it's been kind of a little bit small, yeah. you know? And well, I think that you... You spend so much energy yeah, I know. on the person you're in a relationship with. Like, you truly do. And, and I, I would totally s- pick that over what I'm doing now, but but I, you do have a chance now to kind of just, like, really meet so many people and spend time yeah. with so many people. Yeah, totally. I've been, make, I've been getting so much closer to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm today I'm um after this I'm doing this podcast and then I'm going to meet up with Brian and we're going to do a writing session which and Brian could potentially produce for you right yeah yeah 100% see um and I haven't written with anyone besides Madison in over 10 years so it's be a real a real uh, learning moment for you I'm pretty nervous but it's gonna yeah. be fun mm-hmm. and Brian is the best ever so it's couldn't be a more perfect person. He seems nice. Just... I've never met him, but he does seem nice. Oh my god, he is an angel. You would love him. Um, Good. And um, uh, I am, so I'm doing a writing session after this, and then mm-hmm. I am DJing tonight. Oh yeah, what's your what's satellite. your stage name? My stage name is DJ Taco Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it makes me laugh. Having a DJ name. Yeah, I would too. But it just felt right. Oh man, but it's for isn't it for Taco Bell or no? No. Is it part of your? Oh, okay. No, not at all. Oh, my (laughs) bad. Not related. They did not ask me to do this. I just made it my name and then tagged them in it. But I also happened to be one of their their feed the beat artists for this year. Man, Uh, this is maybe I think this could be your year. Yeah, I think that every year though. I didn't think that last year. You didn't think no, last year? No, I my did. Year? You did I for really, sure. I I really my, thought my. No, I'm talking about myself. Obviously, oh. I can't predict. I can't feel oh. your energy for you. Oh, 
Well, last year I, I was going on tour and had my album coming out, and we were like, oh shit, this is my year. Turns out it was the year that my girlfriend left me on the phone for someone. I hope one day that you can remember is the year that your album came out first, and then that yeah. second. Yeah. But, but that just says not. so much about life that, like, that was my greatest professional year of my whole life, and yet yeah. the thing that was most significant was the horrible, horrible heartbreak. Well, I, I think that's kind of nice, though. It means that that's important to you. Like, yeah. someone who could be like, that was a great professional moment of my life, and I don't care about the other thing that <laughs> yeah. happened. That's, that's not someone my, I... My ex. Yeah. Right. God. Right. I can't hear you. I was just mumbling to myself about, God, how did I spend six years of my life with this person? Cool. I don't know. I don't know, pal, but we're about to to live the six years. You know what? And we have this to look forward to. I pledge to spend a lot more time in California in my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, especially trying to get California. one of my friends here. I think he would have some good job opportunities because he's in, like, television. And I was like, mm-hmm. if you go, like, I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm basically, um, I'll be there so much. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. get a California girlfriend. Well, we can only hope. California Without, girlfriend. We have to keep this in code and force our listeners to, to listen to this, but how do you think my chances are looking? I would say better than not. How, any further communication? No. Well, that sucks. But. All right. You know I'm wingmanning you hard. Maddie, you and I out there are dream team. We really are a motherfucking dream team. Yeah. Who this could is great. say no to one of us? Also, we're a package deal. You get both of us at once. Exactly. Not sexually, just, but, you know, <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's a good note to end on. I agree. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my gosh, next time you guys hear from us, we will be in the same room, tearing up the town, Valentine's Day left and right. Oh, I thought you were going to rhyme something there. You set yourself up for... Oh, I I was flowing a little bit, I'm sorry, I just, I didn't really know where I was going with that. You're still living in the heat of, the heat of last night. (laughs) Yeah. Still on a high. Well, you know what? performance. Can't freaking wait for In-N-Out Burger. Also, find us a place to go for dinner. Somewhere fun. Oh, you want me to find it? Yeah. Oh, okay. A place that you're like, oh, I would go there if if I could. And then, turns out, my mom wanted to buy us dinner. Yeah, I, that is the sweetest thing ever. Your family Mm -hmm. is good to me. They love you. I love them. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) I'm in it for Dawn. I love Dawn. She's the best. She is the best. Um, you should text her because she's, she's had surgery and. Oh my she's god. Homebound. She would love to hear from Damn. you. Damn. Okay, I'll send her a text. So what did she do to her knee? She tore her ACL. Oof, that sucks. Yeah. Skiing. Yep. Damn. Yeah, and she's gonna go to the Olympics. That's a, <laughs> that's a bougie injury. I know, but it still probably hurts. So uh, maybe yeah. don't lead with, lead with that. <laughs> hey, Don. How's your bougie injury? <laughs> <laughs> Must be hard to be skiing all the time. <laughs> oh, boy. Just kidding. I won't antagonize your mom. Yeah, no, she's she's too delightful. Okay. Well, friend, oh. I love you. All right, I love you too. Okay, bye now. Bye, buddy. Bye. <laughs>